Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow, it's a good, it's, uh, there's a lot, it's filled in here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, so this weekend, many have been participating in a conference, and it's called Raising Up the Next Generation for the Church Life. And I believe we received a strong confirmation that the Lord is so burdened for the next generation. You know, on the one hand, we can't say that this is the trunk of the tree of God's New Testament economy. But on the other hand, I believe that we can say that raising up the next generation is so much for the producing, right? And raising up the next generation so that he can complete his economy. Uh, so we would like to get into some verses. I believe this weekend we heard so many examples, both in the Word and from stories that have been experienced in the body. Um, so if we could, let's all turn to Genesis 1.26 through 28. And what we'll do is we'll do brothers on uh, 26, sisters on 27. And with a really strong spirit all together, let's uh, emphasize 28. Brothers, Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of heaven, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Everyone. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heaven, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Okay, Exodus 10.9. Okay, everyone. And Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old. We will go with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds, for we must hold Jehovah's feast. Amen. Okay, how about Psalms 127? And we'll go ahead and do brothers on three and sisters on four and uh, all together on five. Behold, the children are the heritage of Jehovah, the fruit of the womb are the reward. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He will not be put to shame when he speaks with enemies in the gate. Okay, let's turn to Acts 2.39. For to you is the promise, and to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. Okay, last one, 2 Timothy 3.15. Oh, sorry, 2 Timothy 1.5. Okay. 
having been reminded of the unfeigned faith in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded dwells also in you. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.15. Oh, sorry, 3.15 through 17. And we'll go ahead and start with brothers and uh, sisters and then all together. And that from a babe you have known the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. equipped for every good work. Amen. So maybe what we could do is we could have just a few brothers to lead us off in prayer and then we can uh, have the have the last last message. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. We love you so much. Amen. Lord, we just like to thank you for all that you've spoken thus far this weekend. Amen. But Lord, we pray you wouldn't stop. We're here longing for your continued speaking. Amen. Speak to us regarding our children. Amen. Speak to us regarding our young people. Amen. Speak to us related a word related to raising up the next generation Amen. in the church life and for the church life. Amen. We just call on you. Amen. Fill us with your feeling. Amen. Fill us with your burden. Amen. We'd like to see this next generation as you see them. Amen. Bring us all onto the same page, Amen. with the same view, Amen. with the same burden. Amen. Speak to us this morning. Amen. Speak to us this morning. Amen. Lord, we just open our whole being to you. Amen. We drop everything we think we know. Amen. Like to see your view. Amen. Like to have your burden. Amen. Like to see this next generation defeat your enemy. Amen. Bring you back. Amen. Raise up the next generation. Amen. Put such a burden in our hearts. Amen. Just open to the speaking, Lord. Amen. Tell you, you have our permission. Amen. Operate in us. Amen. Work in our being. Amen. This morning is very particular in the context of the whole conference, um, not only because we have a larger number, and of course we understand there are some who have not been with us for the, the previous meetings, or at least not for all of the meetings, but I have been told, and I can clearly see, that uh, this is the one meeting that they allowed young people to come to. I heard that they kept you guys away. They told you not to come to the other meetings, something like that. I don't know if anybody like really tried and tested and then you said, the parents said no and you thought, that's strange. Usually they're telling us, like trying to get us to come. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, so I see scattered here, big concentration over here. Um, oh, over there too. Um, so I don't know what they told you. I kind of would like to know, but I, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you. 
uh, what they told you, but, but I, I think they kept saying, they kept telling me a special word to the young people. I don't know if you heard something like that. There'll be a special word to the young people. Um, yeah, that gets me nervous. <laughs> because what if I give a, what I think is a special word and then they don't think it's that special? So anyway, I'm not going to try that hard. But, uh, and I hope you're not disappointed, but uh, young people, this morning we can't afford for the whole meeting to be for you. It's because it's not all about you. Uh, so we, we, will, we will actually, uh, a little ambitious this morning, we're, and I want to give you our, our uh, uh, kind of plan, because there are, there are actually four things we're going to try to cover this morning. And uh, actually two or three of them that relate very much to the young people. One of them is really aimed at and devoted to you all. Uh, but I hope that we can get all this in. We'll see how the Spirit would lead us uh, in, in the course of our, our fellowship. Of course, one of them is to cover this outline, which you have in your hand. I believe everyone has an outline. And if anyone does not, I'm sure the ushering brothers would be able to supply you uh, with one, um, if you raise your hand or indicate so. Uh, but that won't be the first thing. Uh, the first thing, and I'll, I'll just write these, these four things on the board here, just to kind of give us a kind of a skeleton or outline. Uh, the first thing is, is for the sake of those who have not been with us, including you young people, uh, uh, since Friday, to cover a few burdens from these verses, just so that we could, we could kind of all be on the same page in the same view. So the first thing I'd like to do is just to review, just to review the burden of uh, our weekend, which has to do, as our brother said, raising the next generation, which implies, that is, the children, the young people, the university students, young adults among us, right? Um, then we want to say something specifically concerning the children. And that's the outline that you have in your hand. And if you notice the, this, this, the title to this lesson, it's, it has to do with building a prevailing children's work. Don't you want a prevailing work in your church? Amen. A prevailing work. We don't talk in terms like this too often because sometimes we get used to not, we get used to settling for less than the Lord's full blessing. Amen. Stop that. You should pray big prayers Amen. and expect big answers, Amen. full of faith. You know, Brother Nee gave, has this one lesson, expecting the Lord's blessing. Have you ever read this? Oh, what a wonderful lesson. Uh, this has helped me for years. And he said, whenever we do anything for the Lord, we should expect the Lord to bless 100% what we do. Amen. If not, why would you do it? And, and we do things, and we even pray prayers, not 100% expecting the Lord to answer. Actually, we saw such an example in the scripture the other day in Acts chapter, chapter 12. Anyway, we'll come to this, uh, building the uh, prevailing children's work. Then I want to say a particular word to the parents and to the serving saints about prayer. That this won't be too long, and we actually might leave this for the conclusion. And then I do want to say 
uh, a word to the young people um, directly. And uh, again, we'll see how the time we'll see how the time goes after we finish this, the reading of the outline, and we may we might flip these two. But anyway, you can see where we're going. But young people, there's a there's a burden for you, so I hope you're paying attention. Don't, don't, don't only pay attention here. Yeah, I hope you pay attention here, and I hope you pay attention here. Um, you could zone out a little bit when we get here, but that's only going to be five or seven minutes uh, because we're going to talk about praying for you, okay? And then, and then you, I hope you really wake up for, the, for this one. Yeah, okay, so that's where, that's where, we're, that's where we're going. Concerning the children and the young people, we, we, uh, uh, we mentioned that the first, the first time that children are mentioned or implied, it doesn't use the word children, is in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, be fruitful and multiply. What's that? Children. Have lots of children. Lots of children. And replenish the earth and, do you know what the next word is? Subdue it. Subdue it. Subdue is related to the second part of God's purpose, which is summarized in verse 26. Image and dominion. Image and dominion. I was watching when we called the reading of Genesis. I I, I was just kind of observing some of the young people to see do, will they speak Genesis 1.26 from memory? And they did. It seems like they've been to a truth school or two. And so you could see that they, 1.26 they know. 27 they kind of flubbed. 28 they had no idea. <laughs> at, least, at least most of them. But 26, we've been trained in summer school after summer school and conference after conference. God's eternal economy, his purpose, is on the first page of the Bible. And it's wrapped up with this one verse. You know, this is gospel. You could use this as the gospel. Because, you know, there's Bibles everywhere in this country, actually worldwide. You go to a hotel, there's a Bible in the room. Too bad, some chains now, they have some, another book along with it. But the Bible's still there. The Bible's there. So prevalent. So many languages. People don't understand. Young people, it's amazing. You could actually tell someone, oh, you don't understand? I could tell you what the Bible's about. Not in a, you know, cocky, proud way. But, like, you can know. We can know what the Bible's about. No, we don't understand everything. But I can tell you the main theme. It's summarized in verse 26 on the first page. You know, that's a gospel mini message. That's a gospel message. God wants to have an expression. That's the word image. I'm sorry, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. Is that okay? Can I embarrass you a little bit? You know, this brother right here, actually, we, we, we come on, come on, come on. We, this is probably the, the most, you just come on, you just, I know you're taller. <clears throat> um, and, and actually, this weekend, we've probably talked more than we ever have in our, For like, sure. the whole lives. For sure. Yeah. I've known him since he was, you know, way younger than you guys. But this is the, lo- the most fellowship we've ever had. Yeah. I just close my eyes and listen, and I'm with Grandpa. I mean, his dad. And some of the expression, it's just, I close my eyes, and it's Dad. 
I know it's, I've had much more fellowship with dad. Your testimony yesterday inspired me. I wish I'd known granddad, mm. great grandpa. They know the story? Uh, yes. They know the story? Yeah, yeah. You can ask later, what's he talking about? We don't have time. <laughs> sorry, it's the footstep story. Snow, footstep, sorry, sorry. Anyway, so, but my point is image. Yes, image. He even looks like that. Right. Sounds like that. Right. Moves like that. Right. Yeah. The people say, I've never seen my son give a message. But my son now, which is a strange thought, gives messages, like in young people's conferences. Yeah. And they, they tell me, he even moves like the way I do. And they told me the same thing. Oh, I closed my eyes. Oh, it's you. What's that? That's image. Thanks. That's a picture of what God wants for all of us. That when anyone sees you, they think, oh, God, you're God's son, right? Like, oh, I, wait, you're the son of God, right? Because, because you talk like God, act like God, move like God, sound like God. Of course, remember in the Bible, there's a verse that says, you're children of the devil. <coughs> so you don't want, wait, oh, wait, wait, you're the son of what? The devil, right? You don't want that. You don't want that expression. But we are. But we got regenerated. And we have the divine triune God gene in us. And the more we grow, we should look like God. Act like God. And people see us, they just, you're the son of God. That, that should be our, our expression. That's image. Then dominion. Dominion means that through that expression, actually, there's a dealing with a negative problem. God has a problem or a situation that he wants to deal with in the universe. And he doesn't do it directly. He wants to do it through man. And that's dominion. That we would exercise God's authority to defeat his enemy. Hallelujah. That's verse 26. Verse 27 shows that, that God's desire is a corporate expression, not just individual people. And then verse 28 talks about children. Do that through your children. That's, that's a, a, a modern paraphrasing of verse 28. Verse 28 means... Accomplish God's purpose through your children. Wow. Wow. So, so in Exodus, in Exodus, which is a picture book, a picture, you know, all the Old Testament, everything of Israel is a picture of the New Testament church. We kept mentioning this verse the other night, but I, I don't think I, I wrote it for you. First Corinthians 10. 11. 1 Corinthians 10.11 tells us that everything that happened to Israel is an example of the New Testament church. So we know that the Passover lamb, oh, that applies to us. Jesus is the lamb of God. We're saved by his blood. The Red Sea, oh, that symbolizes our baptism. The manna, that's our eating the word, right? The good land, that's our enjoying Christ and so many aspects. But there are a lot of other details to the story. And one detail is in the book of Exodus, chapter 1. Well, this is chapter 10 here. 
And please notice, this talks about our sons and our daughters. But it also talks about our old and our young. It's not all about the young. We're not forgetting our old. We're not leaving the old ones behind. And we're not leaving the young ones behind. Yeah, so we'll come to that in a moment. In Exodus 1, we have, we have this story. God's people are where? In Egypt. So what does that mean? What, what's that picture? That picture is that in the New Testament, where do we all begin? In Ephesians 1, we're dead in sin. If you look at Ephesians chapter 1, uh, chapter, sorry, chapter 2, the beginning of Ephesians 2, mankind is dead in sin. And by God's mercy, he came and he pulled us out of that to make us his masterpiece, which is his house, his family, his kingdom. Amen. All those items are in Ephesians chapter 2. That matches the book of Exodus. We are dead in sin. We're dead in sin. And <clears throat> something else is shown. You know, Egypt is a picture of the world. Pharaoh is a picture of who? Satan, Satan of course. The king of the world. But in Exodus 1, Pharaoh is nervous. Pay attention. Do you know that Satan gets nervous? That's what that shows us. Satan becomes fearful. Of whom? Of what? Well, we pointed this out the other night. In, 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 at the end of Genesis, at the end of Genesis, it tells us how many people make up, constitute the people of God on the earth. You remember how many? Seventy. Seven zero. That's seventy souls went down to Egypt. That's at the end of Gen that's Genesis fifty. And when you turn the page to Exodus one, how many constitute God's people? About two million about two million, because hundreds of years have passed. And, a, and now a pharaoh, you know, Joseph died. Joseph was the number two man in Egypt. That's a wonderful story. How he was, his brothers were jealous of him, and he was in the pit and sold. And then he goes to a house, and oh, he's treated very well. And then that evil woman, and then he gets in a prison, and then the the, the People, those two guys have dreams, and he says, remember me, and then they forget him. Well, one gets killed right away, and then the other one forgets him, and then, and then he gets a sent, and he, he, this is Joseph. That's his life. Joseph's life. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? How's your life? Yeah? That's Joseph. Joseph. He has a dream. Oh, God's purpose. That's how God accomplishes his purpose. And finally, he's number two man. He gets reunited with his brothers. An amazing story full of emotion and so on. He brings his whole family to Egypt, and they're traded like royalty. That's Genesis. There ain't no royalty in Exodus 1. In Exodus 1, what are they? Slaves. Slaves. So they're slaves in Egypt. But Pharaoh's afraid of them. What does that mean? That means he's threatened. Threatened by what? They got too big. Which means what? He's threatened by the increase. And what is the increase? What was their increase? Fruitful and multiply. 
He was afraid of their children. He was afraid that their children would be against him. So he makes a plot. Evil. Actually, a two-step plot. A scheme. One against the older generation to exhaust them with work and make them build his treasure cities and, and eventually he, you know, with bricks and then eventually not even supply them with straw. They have to go out and work hard and no time left to serve Jehovah. But that's nothing. What's his strategy against the second generation, against the children? Kill them. No, uh, no you're... You're not the firstborn. You have an older brother, right? If you were in, in Egypt, and, you know, even on the Passover, it was the oldest ones that was about to get killed. But in, in, in Exodus 1, you'd all be killed. All the males. You know, the Passover saved the, the first, it was the first one. But in Exodus 1, all the males all the males would be killed. That was, can you imagine? He wanted to kill a baby boy. That's, that's unconscionable. That's unfathomable. You, you just can't imagine that someone would, an actual person on the earth would make such an edict. But anyway, some sisters whom... Most people don't remember their names or can't pronounce them properly. I hope you never forget these two names. Shifra and Pua. I know, we don't name our daughters these. Shifra and Pua. You have daughters? No, I, yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, you almost forgot. <laughs> How many do you have? Three. Three? Oh, okay. Okay. But no Shifras, no Puas. No Shifras. No I have two and also no. No shepherds and pools. But I hope you were... Let's say these names together. Shifra and Pua. Some of you will still forget, but it's okay. Shifra and Pua. And they saved Israel! And in the next chapter, uh, I mentioned this on Friday night, these two sisters among the Hebrews, they forced Pharaoh to change his strategy. Sisters, I'm serious. This, take, this is written as an example for us. If the sisters in the churches rise up, you force Satan to change his way. You don't think you have that kind of power or authority. Read the Bible. Have faith. And trust what the Word says. It was written as an example for our admonition. Actually, sisters, admonition. If you don't rise up this way, the church is in danger. There's no future for the church. Wait till we get to the outline and hear about the children. You'll, you'll, you'll see this. Brother Lee says this. 90% of the work depends on the sisters. So, oh, our sisters enter into this burden, rise up, not just for your own children, but for all the children, not just when they're little children, all the children. So, eventually, Exodus 10, 
God sends Moses and Aaron to speak to Pharaoh. Let my people go. Oh, they, they have conflict after conflict. I think it's 12 conflicts. They go back and forth. And, and then the Pharaoh says, no, I won't let you go, and this and that. And this conflict, Pharaoh asks, okay, you want to go to the wilderness. Who will go? And that's this, then this is the answer. Moses says, we will go with our old and with our young, with our sons and with our daughters. And the Pharaoh says, oh no, you can't take the little ones. You can't take the little ones. The, the wilderness is too dangerous for them. Almost like he wants to take care of them. And Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. John 8 says, the devil is a liar. But in one way or another, what he wants to do is, okay, okay, I can't keep the adults. Let the adults go. Leave the children with me. But we say, no! We will go with our old and with our young. We're not leaving the old behind either. Just because we're concentrating, focusing next generation, we don't neglect the elderly saints. And in this, you'll see when we get to the outline, there's a special section on all the elderly saints, for the elderly saints. Actually, here, in this section, we're going to talk about 12 groups of saints involved with the young people, with the children's work. Twelve areas. I don't think anyone here can escape. You're in one of these twelve categories. In Psalm 127, it said that the children are like arrows. Have you ever heard this? Did you ever think this? That both God and Satan view you as an arrow. Satan wants to steal the arrows so that the parents can't defeat God's enemy. We talked about this. Imagine... You have five arrows, five children. And the enemy's coming, and you go, one, two, and then you, uh-oh. You thought you had five. You only have two. That's what the enemy wants to do to God's people. You may not have the thought or even believe Satan is nervous over you as a young person in the Lord being for the Lord. As a young person in a Christian family, he's afraid, what decision will you make? And he spends a lot of time over you, thinking about you, and making a, a personally designed plan to distract you from the Lord. 
You may be in the same family. He will have three different plans for each of you because we're three different people. And we're, we're not drawn by the same things. Don't think you're that small or insignificant. Not only God loves you and pays attention to you, Satan doesn't love you. But Satan pays attention. You're not that small in the universe. In Acts 2.39, this is the day that the church was brought forth. It's amazing that on, in such a message, Peter, he speaks on the day of Pentecost. The you know, Spirit is poured out and he, he, they're speaking in, in languages. Everybody understands. And 3,000 people got saved that day. Their hearts are, says their hearts are pricked. And they say, they respond in verse 37, what should we do? What should we do? And he says, repent, be baptized, each one of you. And then in 39, he says, for the promise is to you and to your children and to those who are far off. So you should go preach the gospel to the ones who are far off, but not until you gain your children. That's the implication here. First, you. Second, your children. Then, everybody else. Gospel. Too many uh, in the churches, too much of the time, we've skipped over and concentrated on the outward-facing gospel. We need to gain ours to join us in the labor and shoot them as arrows to defeat the enemy. Here, in 2 Timothy, actually, let's touch this first. 2 Timothy 3, it says, From a babe you have known the sacred writings. This is Paul talking to young Timothy. His young co-worker, Timothy, so useful to the Lord. And this, 2 Timothy, is significant because this is Paul's final writing. When he was writing these words, he wasn't sure how many hours he had left. In chapter 4, we say chapter 4. You know, when Paul wrote this, he, would, he, he didn't write the Bible. Okay, okay, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 1. He, he was writing a letter to his young co-worker, and at the end of this letter, he says, the time of my departure is at hand. Meaning what? I'm about to be killed, not die. Not that he was sick. He says, I know that my martyrdom is imminent. And I don't know when the next time they open the door, it will be to give me food or to take me away. I don't know. So he wrote this book with a desperation. And in this desperation, he's talk, the, the final one that he talks to is a young brother, Timothy, that was there for him at the end, a, a second-generation person in the church life. And he says, Timothy, come quickly. You, you know what it says? Come quickly. Come before winter and bring the parchments, which, which actually means bring my Bible that I left there. Oh, by the way, I also left my coat. You know, the Bible has such intimate words. Bring my cloak. We do not know, at least I, I'm not sure, maybe there are some Bible scholars here who have studied this. Did Timothy make it or not? Did Timothy reach him in time by winter? 
Or was Paul taken away already? I don't know. And he says, take Mark and bring him with you. Mark, Mark is the other young brother who has a very interesting story that unlike Timothy, who Timothy is what we would consider, he's a good one because he was consistent and he really followed the Lord and helped Paul. Mark started good and then went away. I don't know if he went to the world or dropped out of the church life. But then at the very end, in chapter 4, we realized something happened and Mark came back. And so these two young brothers, this is his final word, almost his last word. Take Mark, bring him. He's useful to me for the ministry. And you two together need to go on. Only Luke is with me. So it wasn't just the young ones. Paul had at least Luke. But we don't know, did he make it or not? But Timothy, when we first meet Timothy in Acts 16, you have to realize he was already a very good brother in the Lord, a young adult loving the Lord so much that brothers, elders from two churches commended him to Paul (coughs) and the brothers, Paul and Silas. And they took him with them in their ministry journey that went to Europe. But this Timothy, he was not produced by Paul. He was produced by his grandmother and mother. He was perfected by the, by the brothers. So, grandmothers and mothers, you play a critical role, and especially at the end time, to prepare the ones who could stand for the Lord at the end. That's the picture. That's the picture. Let's go to the outline. Building up a prevailing children's work in the church. We're going to go very fast. I will really leave this with you. I'm I'm not going to explain much. uh, Because this is available to you in this book. This is actually the outline. It says it on the bottom on the English. I, I think it doesn't have it on the Spanish translation. Lesson 14 in the book Raising Up the Next Generation for the Church Life. That green volume book, Raising Up the Next Generation for the Church Life. Every sentence here is from a message of either Brother Lee or Brother Nee. This mess, this one predominantly is Brother Lee's ministry. But every sentence, nothing here is written by us. Nothing, nothing here written by us except the title. The title is supplied by us. But every sentence is from a message. When you go to that book, Raising the Next Generation, after this outline, you'll see all the excerpts, maybe eight or nine pages of excerpts, and you can read the ministry on all these points. And you get a lot more than what I'm saying here. But I, I hope you have a pen in hand or a highlighter that you could mark some things as we go along. Okay? And then, and then uh, that's really what I want to l- lead you to read. Let's read the uh, Roman numerals together. Roman 1. We... Now, circle, don't underline, circle these words. Very prevailing. 
very prevailing. Brother Bill, isn't that what you want for the church in Irving? A children's work that's very, not just prevailing. So on Wednesday, how about we pray? Lord, make the children's work in Irving very prevailing. Don't miss the word very. Sisters A, brothers B, sisters. But, Amen, brothers. Okay, here, first category of people. The saints. So please circle or highlight saints. The saints. Roman 2, together. The responsible brothers... Two more groups. Who's that? Responsible brothers. Please circle that or highlight that. Co-workers. Please circle that and highlight that. We all must see the importance of the children's work. Now let's alternate reading. Sist again, sisters, brothers on the letter numbers, uh, uh, points. Sisters, no. Brothers. The co-workers do not need to be personally involved in doing the children's work. They can meet with the leading sisters in a locality and trust the burden for the children's work to them. And they can encourage them. Leading sisters. Please highlight or circle that. The leading sisters. Sisters responsible for the children's work. Point C. Brothers. Amen. So who's here? Elders. Please circle or highlight that. Next, sisters. Dear saints, this is where we see the increase. They seem like children. And you'll see young people... In the, in the back of this sheet, we encourage you very strongly, serve with the children. You take care of the children. You be their patterns. But it's not so easy sometimes. Because what? Children don't always listen. You knew that already. Sometimes you're trying to teach, and the children, there's one under the table. I think in every, nearly every class, there's one who always likes to go under the table. There's a naughty one. And then there's, at least from what I've seen, every class has a, maybe a little naughty one, but every children's meeting has a special naughty one. <laughs> we have that. We, oh, and all, we always have at least one. 
One that when the, the teachers are praying together, oh Lord, maybe they gather Saturday mornings. Oh Lord, bring all the children. And nobody will say it, but in their mind they're thinking, except that one. <laughs> now I know, you, I know you would never, ever. And you don't mean, Lord, don't bring him. But Lord, you know, if they couldn't come, you know, that's because you're serving. You want them to come the following week. And I know it's not your heart. You're just, but you're, when they come, you're like, amen. <laughs> Love them. You, you know what? For that, especially for boys, the best remedy is high school brothers serving. Because, brothers, you, can, you, you don't mind to get under the table with them for a little while. You know, if you want to get somebody out from under the table, you know, our way, get out from under that table. That's what we would say. But actually, the way, I learned this. My, you know, my first service in the church, officially, was nursery. I was put on nursery service. All the high schoolers were put on nursery service. When I was a teenager in the church in New York City, we were all put on nursery service. So I was put on a group of... Uh, there were, there were, let's see, I think it was 15 of us. No, it was 12, 12, 12 of us. Nine sisters, older sisters, with three high schoolers. One high school sister, that's Regina, who is my, my sister-in-law now, and, and another brother, Paul Stumpf, and myself. We were put with nine sisters, grandmas, middle-aged sisters, and young mothers. Every three weeks, we would surf. You know where we had to report? IHOP. Saturday morning, 8.30. Do you have IHOP here? Yeah. There still works, right? I mean, no, there's still a thing, right? We'd meet at IHOP with all the sisters on Hillside Avenue, 170-something Street. Yeah. And, and, and we'd have breakfast together, an hour. And then we'd go to one of the sisters' houses, and then we'd pray for the children. This is nursery. Then we'd pray for all the children, Amen. even by name. And then they'd, then they'd give us instructions. Oh, you're serving tomorrow? You have to, you know, there were 12 of us, but we didn't all serve. We, it was only like four at a time. You know, we were rotating. And, and they, would, they would give us instructions what to do, and then they even taught us how to change diaper. So, so with boys... Then the brothers changed the diapers to the boys. Yeah. They, they, the, the grandmothers, you know, <laughs> careful. So, so that's how we learned how to serve. And there are toddlers who are under the... How do you get them out? The, the way to get them out is to go in there with them. And you find a hi. Oh, how you doing? What are you doing? Oh, and then you do it with them for a couple of minutes. Let's go do something else. And then they follow you. You go follow them, and then they follow you. Amen. That's the way. Uh, but you all are important for the children's. Okay, where are we? Where are we? All the churches, I think. D, D. Yeah, oh, my, complete my thought. The point is, the point is this. You know, one, particularly one of those boys in the nursery, he's one of our elders today. 
serving together with, with us. Actually, one of our key brothers. And so they're chill, but it doesn't take that long to become an you know, elder. He, he's to, children today in five or six years are the young people. But they're not just young people. They are, you know, when you get baptized, saved, baptized, you're our brother or sister in the Lord. So the children become our brothers and sisters. In, you blink, and it's... I mean, I can, I can see quite a number that I know. We knew them as children. And you can too. You look in this... I mean, I knew, I knew him as a child. So many. And you, you just blink. Blink twice. Oh, oh, parents. They have their own children. Blink three times. Oh, elder. It, time goes so fast. If we waste time, we lose. And the Pharaoh wins. And the Pharaoh steals the arrows. Point E. We cannot continue to work as we have in the past. We must change our ways in the... In the past, we neglected the work with the children. Together, Romans 3. In carrying out this work. So who's here? Sisters. Sisters. This is category, I think, number six. Point A. A number of older sisters. There, there's the other side. Number seven. Circle that. Older sisters must receive this burden. Over 90% of the children's work requires the sisters' participation. Otherwise, there is no way for the children's work to succeed. Do you see that, sisters? Do you see that, older sisters? The younger sisters need you. They need you to train them, and then just step aside. Let them do the work. You just pray for them. Two to them, pray for them. And then there's more work for you to do on the second page, older sisters. B, the sisters in every church should be persistent to promote the burden for the children. That means bother the brothers. One, on the one hand, they should not give the brothers any peace. This brother leaves word. Isn't this wonderful? Sisters, don't give the brothers any peace. On the other hand, they should learn to, not to assume the leadership, but to be full of patience, knowing when to proceed, and when to wait. Continue on the back. The sisters should be persistent to develop the children's work in the church. Furthermore, according to the leading of the Lord, they should fellowship with other sisters who are serving. Okay, sisters, please read C. You may find this phrase a little strange. Consider how to bring, don't you just bring your children? Well, the context of this sentence is, don't only bring your own children. You should consider how to bring other children, particularly the children of the saints who are not coming to the meeting. You know, in every local church, if you have like a, a phone list, the number in the meeting is probably only about 50% or 60% of the total number of saints on your list. There are a lot of other children who are not with us. We should consider, is there a way that I could call a family, say, hi, how are you guys doing? 
listen, I was wondering, do you want to send the kids with us this Lord's Day? Don't invite them. You know, actually, Brother Lee even says, you guys rest. You sleep in. Go take care of stuff. And uh, you want us to take the children? We can come by. No problem. And he, he said, the older sisters, in this context, there's a message in 1968. The older sisters, how about Lord's Day morning, you just go around and pick up all the children of these saints who don't come to the meeting. Don't condemn, the, don't condemn them. Why aren't you in the meeting? You all should be in the meeting. No, no, just, just like, hey, do you want us to, you know, well, take a break. Oh, we'll take the kids. And then you bring them. You know, he said, eventually such a sister becomes their, quote, unquote, godmother. He used this phrase. You become their godmother. They will never forget you. Never forget you. Brothers D, we must... What's the new category? Young sisters, which includes the teenagers, college students, young adults. Sisters, E. Amen. Brothers. You know, the reason I am here before you today is because before I was born, when my family immigrated from the island of Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory, to New York City in 1953, my father went there for the American dream to have a better life. And he went there, Lord gave him a job the next day. Got an apartment and then called for my, my mom to come with my three siblings who were all older than me by 10, 10, 12, and 14 years. At that time, they were ages 6, 8, and 10. I was still not born. And they, they moved to the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And it was, I believe, the second Saturday that they, that they were there, within two weeks. Saturday afternoon, a knock on the door. And it's a, a woman in her 30s. My mom is in her 30s with these th three children. Says, hi, welcome to the neighborhood. Says, you know, I teach the Bible to children on Saturday afternoons. I wonder if you would like to send them with us. Just like this. My mom called herself a Christian. She was not. She was a nominal Christian at the time. Not saved. But she respected the Bible, respected Christians, loved her children. And that's a good thing. Sure, she sent them. My sister comes home. Oh, so happy. Mommy, I want to I wanna go back. I want to go back. The second week, my mom sent the three kids and my mom's interested. What is going on there? So she went. Just in the neighborhood. 
She walked. She says, strange, a store. There's a door to go upstairs. And there's just one room. Just one room. 35 children with two sisters in their 30s. These were not the ch church children. This was neighborhood children. And they just watched out. They just watched out. Who moves in? Target. And they became the first ones to welcome people to the neighborhood. You become people's first friend, you, you're, you're going to open people's hearts. And so from that week, my mother joined that gathering and became their helper. So now three people helping. And you know, in this book, Raising the Next Generation, Brother Lee says this, one sister can take care of 20. When you, I know when you read that, the sisters have no faith for that. They go, oh. <laughs> Say, Brother Lee, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Actually, Brother Lee knew what he was talking about, because I saw it. I mean, not, no. I am the product of it. I didn't see it. I was, I'm the product of that. Two sisters with 35 children. No chairs. These two sisters rented out of their own money. This was not sponsored by the church, by the Brethren Church. They were, they were with the Brethren Church. I found out. I studied the history of this. These two sisters' burden, they paid for this rental of this room weekly. I'm their fruit. My children are their fruit. My nephews and nieces who are baptized are their fruit. I haven't brought a big number to the Lord, but, you know, it's been years. There's, the number adds up. Actually, they all are Sister Petrali's crown. When she goes to the Lord, she never gave a message in a meeting. But when she goes to the Lord, a lot of us are going to be standing there behind her. We're her fruit. We're her crown. Sisters, you have that possibility. Sisters who are home with the baby in the middle of the night, oh, I know, this stage is rough. But you have, there's supply for you. And remember, it is a stage. But you have this potential that you could have such a glory and crown. Maybe more than the full-time serving saints. How many will be there with Sister Petrali? She went to the Lord without ever knowing how the Lord would work in my life. I was just a little boy. How the Lord would spread in my family. Actually, in my family, four generations of salvation. All credit to her. Only eternity will reveal the result. Therefore, too, I encourage the sisters to do this good work and all the Housewives, I think this is category number nine, can bring children to the meetings and the younger sisters can be trained to cooperate with them to bear their little ones as fruit. Altogether, Roman 4. Finally, what's the category? Young people, category 10. Young people, brothers, hey, there are quite a large number of children in every locality. 
As soon as we begin the children's work, the young people will begin to function. They can all take part in serving the children. Sisters. You could say another category, more specific, category 11, junior high and high school. Brothers, too. With regard to the children's work, Category 12, who's that? Full-timers, if you can spare them. But please notice this. It says, even though the, chil the, young, the uh, junior high and high school can teach in the children's meeting. Teach. Serving sisters, brothers, perfect the young people to teach. I know when we tried to get our young people into the service, first we had some resistance. Some of the sisters said, oh, I already have eight naughty kids. I don't need two more high schoolers to be. It's like having now 10. And you know, some of the high schoolers, you know, they're serving and they're on their phone. That's not so good. Don't do that. And so these are the responsibilities they've been given. Bring snack. Take the kids to the bathroom. Take attendance. That's not what we're talking about. And young people, this is the first word really for you. And I want to repeat something that Brother Lee charged to a group of young people. Young people, don't consider yourselves, once you're saved and baptized, as children or young people. You should consider yourselves as a brother or a sister in the church. Actually, here today, this morning, you're an adult. You're an adult. You're a member of the body of Christ. Don't think any less of yourself. And saints, we should not think less of them than this. In this sense, we are equal. We are equal. Brother, how old are you, may I ask? 14. 14. I'm not 14. We are the same. Actually, I came to the Lord's recovery when I was 14. I learned many of these things when I was 14. Because in the church in New York, they trained us right away. They didn't spoil us. They put us to work. They just assigned, you're serving. And we all said, okay. <laughs> and we'd come Saturday morning. We'd give our Saturday mornings. We, that was our life. That was our life. We loved being with the saints. But we were given responsibility. When I was 16, the brothers told me, you're preaching the gospel. You two brothers are preaching the gospel this week. Us? So I never gave a gospel message in my life. Oh, we called each other, the other brothers, Richie Stump. We called each other. We prayed. We were desperate. Oh, and then, and then we got up and spoke. And you know, somebody actually got saved. <laughs> but they, gave, they, they pushed us. 
But they didn't just push us and like, you know, they supported us. We didn't do it all right. But they didn't blame us when we were in mistakes. They coached us to serve, to do things, to shepherd. So Brother Lee said this, in the church life, you're adults, and you have a double responsibility. And this is what I want to share with you. This is, this is I, I'm, I'm segueing into this, but we'll come back to finish the outline. Young people, I hope you remember this word. You have a double responsibility. The double responsibility is one inside the church and one outside the church. Inside the church is to serve. Serve the Lord. Don't think you're too young to serve. And to serve, you know what our first service in, is before the Lord, or should be? The church meeting. The church meeting should be our first service. You know, in, in uh, Exodus, this is the principle that Watchman Nee picked. Or, I mean, this is the verses that, that Brother Nee used to, to highlight this principle. That our, every Christian's first service is the church meeting. They said, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. Then let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness, which is a meeting. You put those together, meeting is service. Actually, among Christians, meetings are called services. We don't, we kind of tend away from that. We don't like kind of like, that's Christianity like. But actually, that's what it is. This is the church service. And this is the highest service. And this should have priority. That's why we don't want anyone serving in the practical services every week and missing the church meeting. That's a loss. I know in some small localities, if you're taking care of the children, some, some saints, some sisters, every week they're out. Brothers, we have, to, we have to find a way. We have to find a way. In some places, some, the only way to serve the young people is if that couple spends time with them and they're out of the meeting almost every week. Please don't do that. Don't allow that to go on too long. The first service is the church meeting. So, Brother Lee said, you have responsibility for this meeting just as much as your dad does. And I know you don't see it that way. But you should. We all should. And we should train our young people that way. Of course we don't expect this, the same. You're, 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 you're 14. You're not 60. So it's going to be different. Well, we don't compare. Members of the body don't compare. They all work together. But I tell you, if a 14-year-old brother or a 16-year-old sister, just two, on a Lord's Day morning, would just pray at the Lord's table. And don't try to sound like, like an older person. Just from your heart. Lord, thank you so much for dying for me. Wouldn't you go home watered? Probably that afternoon, around the dinner table, as, uh, as saints are gathering, some, uh, oh, you have your Lord's table in the evening, right? In the evening. I tell you, people go home after the meeting. Someone's going to say, oh, did you hear that young sister pray? That was so watering. That's going to be the main thing you remember in that meeting. If in the prophesying meeting, someone one of the 
a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old stands up and shares what they enjoyed, not, you know, in the life study of Numbers or Leviticus and, you know, the tabernacle. Or they, they, just, say, they just say that, you know, uh, you know, this week I got to share something with my friend and, and they got saved and I'm, praise the Lord. And you sit down. Oh, I mean, everybody, oh, oh yeah. On the, on the amen meter that day, you might get that like a, whoa, like the biggest jump. Now, don't give testimonies to go high on the amen meter. Don't do that. You know the amen meter? You know, some people say something and saints say, amen. And, and then others get up, people say, yeah, amen. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do it to get the, you know. Glory is always to the Lord. But if you get up and say, you know, in our our young people's meeting last night or on Friday or on Thursday or whenever it was, this week, um, we enjoyed this and this and this. And it has nothing to do with the verses on the board. Don't worry about it. Everyone. And you know what? What happens? Almost every time. It'll fit somehow. Because you're a member of the body. And God inspired you at that time to say that. And it'll fit with what somebody else is going to say at another time. And the Bible is one book with one thought anyway. So you say something from John, they say something from Numbers. It's all one view. In addition to the service here, it's the practical services. And I already covered children's meeting. But we want to encourage you, not just children's meeting, ushering. I don't know who prepares the bread for the Lord's table among you all. How about if some sisters join that service? How about the cleaning service, the chair arranging? You know, when I was in high school, we used to have a moving service. That means to move saints from house to house. I don't know why saints move that much, that that we needed a service, but we actually had it. do you remember? You remember we had a moving service. People moved a lot in the seventies. I've been in my house for you know 37, 36 years, but people moved like moving service. That was a fun time because the high schoolers were with the older brothers, and we'd always get a meal. Always, always. Whenever you have someone move, we feed you. And, and you know, they're always giving you something to drink, and oh, and they treat you so nice. And then, soon after they move, they invite the moving brothers over for lunch. It's a good deal. <laughs> so, may, anyway, I'm not promoting start a moving service. They might be unemployed. People don't move that much any, anymore. You know, I actually was, I, I think at my high peak, I was on six practical services at one time. I was on transportation service at the age of 16. Now, you can't get your license at 16. And even if they did, they wouldn't let me drive people home. You know what they did? We had saints that lived far away in Brooklyn. You know, we only had one hall. So we had saints in Manhattan and the Bronx and different places. So the brothers made a service to drive saints home so they wouldn't have to use the subway, the metro, especially sisters. So they had an older brother driving, and they just have a brother to accompany, one so that they wouldn't be alone, 
and late. Also, if they're taking a sister home, that there would not be an awkward situation. And we don't do anything. We just sit there and talk to the brother. <laughs> but I got to know older brothers that I'm serving with today. The church service brings you into the church life. You get to know a side of saints that you could never know. I still remember one time my son came home and he had been serving that day with an older brother. And he came home and said, Dad, did you know that brother so-and-so from another country? That he was in the CIA? I said, oh. I said, what? I didn't know that. But in that country, now you see him, he, he, you know, he's works hospital administrator. But he was actually, later I, I got to some stories. Anyway. But you get to know something of the saints. That brings you into the church life more. You know what? When, from that day, whenever that brother stood up to speak, and my son paid attention. He saw that brother in a different, different way. So, young people, get yourself into the service. Brothers, facilitate. I was so, you know, we, we practiced this in our place, and I was so happy. One day I'm coming into the meeting, and the door is, we have a teeny meeting hall. Yeah, it's just tiny in, in Manhattan. And who opens the door? It's a 14-year-old brother. And he's got his tie on with his white shirt. Good morning, Brother Ricky. I'm, I'm like, Wow. This is really good. I wanted to go out and come in again, just, just to enjoy it more. But, you know, and we, we, we don't go too far, like, to have the younger ones come and break, break, you know, no. But they can go around and pass the elements. And I visited, I visited uh, the Philippines one time, and we had a conference. And the brothers broke the bread. And then from every corner of the room, young people walked in with white gloves. It was, it was about 30 young people bringing the elements to section after section. It was brother, brother teams, sister teams, brother team, sister teams. All their young people would, took part in that. Oh, I, that impression I could never forget. That's the church life. Double responsibility. And when you're serving with the children, young people, I hope you realize you can impact them actually more than we can. They're going to want to be like you, so you better watch it. Maybe you shouldn't serve. <laughs> or maybe you should serve and improve for their sake. You should serve but watch your testimony. Watch how you dress. Brother Lee talks about this. You're dressing, you should have a thought. Is this going to be a good example for this kid? For my, for my, and you're going to start talking like this. My boys. My boys. In level one. My boys. I hope you could talk like that about the children and the children. And you say, hey, Dad, that's one of my boys. And you watch them grow up. And they'll follow you. 
We had one boy serve in the children's meeting. Oh, what a bad example he was. He was a teenager. He, was really, he had this weird haircut. And then, and then mommy went, I mean, the kid went to mommy, 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 I want my hair like brother. So oh, that was a problem. That was a problem. So I might be giving you brothers problems, but I hope you could do this. Double responsibility. That's inside. Church meetings, church service. What's outside? Gospel. Bring your friends. Bring your friends to the Lord. Pray for them. Okay, let's finish this quickly. Okay, so I'm, I'm done with the word to the young people. Going back to the outline. Point B says, are we there? Point 4B, the young people need to give themselves to this work, and this will give everyone an opportunity to practice speaking. Roman 5, all together. Final category, number 13, elderly saints. Saints, don't think that you have no function. Your home, just being in your home is a shepherding. Just open your home, maybe provide some cookies, some milk, and an atmosphere. And let the younger ones bring the children. But actually, I found the best ones to bring the children are the mothers with babies and the grandmas. The grandmas are grandmas. You can, you're like, you can be like the Pied Piper. You just go and invite children from the neighborhood. Please come. Everyone trusts grandmas. <laughs> please come. Please send, please send your children. I have a meeting for the children. We're going to teach them good things about the Bible. Please come. How many would come? Think about it. How many would come? And then, and then when in our meeting, and, and please, please, uh, we haven't emphasized this enough, actually at all, and there's an oversight on my part this weekend, when we're dealing with the children, we always must avoid premature knowledge. We don't need to rush to teach them the things about the Lord Jesus and his redemption and all that. Just Bible stories that emphasize proper humanity. Prepare the vessel. At the beginning, of course, like one of our sisters mentioned yesterday, creation. Give them the impression there is God. That, that part. There is God. But this is not to get all the children to call on the name of the Lord. No, don't do that. That's, that's premature. It doesn't mean don't ask the children to pray. Of course we ask the children to pray. Because please remember, every, we, we have a dual relationship with God, th those of us in this room. Firstly, God is our creator, but everyone has that relationship with God. Secondly, God is our Father, so we pray to the Father. And we can say, Lord Jesus, and receive the enjoyment of the Spirit. Right? But to the children, God is their creator. They can pray to God. I don't like to see the children, four years old, Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. <laughs> they don't know that. But we've seen it, and sorry to say, when, when they do it, we think it's cute. And unconsciously, we encourage, encourage that. And that's not healthy for them. And yes, children are potentially can be saved any age. I was saved at seven, and I, as, 
I, clearly, and I know many children, say six, seven, eight years old. I, I was not baptized till I was 12, but I was clearly saved. But in those years, yes, you, some, when it's the time of life, we can bring them to salvation. But don't, don't try to do that too fast. Just to build up their humanity. If in our, if grandmas, if you're inviting the children and they're learning all the proper, how to be a proper child, a proper sibling, and they go home and they help put away the dishes or after, people are going to say, what is this? People will comment to, oh, you're doing a good job. And your neighbor will say, actually, it's not me. You know, Mrs. So-and-so next door, she has this thing. And they, I like sending them. They come back better. We have testimonies like this. Point A, they may sing with the children, tell them stories, lead them to know God. Lots of singing with children. Lots of singing. Gaining people in this way is very safe because they're taught by us and receive the gospel from us from their youth. Thus, they should be very solid. I hope that from now on, the elderly saints would pick up the burden and take the lead to do this in their homes, and the effect will be very promising in the long run. All together, yeah. Entire church mobilized. The final point B says all the saints want their children to receive spiritual help. Even dormant saints want their children to receive spiritual guidance. So actually, 14. 14 groups of saints involved with the children. Just one final point on prayer. Parents, see the example of Hannah. See the example of Job. They prayed for their children. Just pray in faith. Pray in faith. Serve saints. In anything for the Lord, we cannot expect the Lord to bless if we do not pray. And I want to encourage you, in all the churches, you should have a coming together of saints, weekly if possible. It might not be practical in your situation. I would say, make it practical. Try your best. Endeavor. At least every other week. At least once a month. Maybe certain times you need to do it by conference call. But praying on the phone could never substitute being together in person where you touch one another's spirit and feeling. Please try your best for the sake of our next generation. Come together to pray. And pray by name. Don't be so occupied with the affairs, with the next meeting. Be occupied with their souls. Pray over them. Pray name by name and family by family. Then the Lord will have a way to bless. Amen. Amen.